When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, this is Jillian on Love, show where I am going to teach you how to revolutionize your romantic relationships by transforming first the relationship you have with yourself. So whether you are in a relationship, whether you're single or heartbroken, I've got you covered. I'm Jillian Trecky, certified relationship coach and teacher with over 20 years experience helping people transform their relationship with themselves through their bodies, through their breath and minds. I have coached and taught thousands of people become better versions of themselves and change the way they show up for their partners, for their relationships, and basically just for their love lives. Today's subject is how we sabotage our relationships unconsciously. I'm going to share with you a relationship truth that's hard to hear, but will literally change your life. So it starts with this. Everything changed personally in my love life when I recognized that every relationship I had ever had had one thing in common, and that was me. And that's the thing. Every single relationship problem any one of us will ever face inside of a relationship can be traced back to how we relate to ourselves. This is why your relationship with yourself matters a lot when it comes to your love life. And this is not about shame, self-deprecation, or blaming ourselves. That doesn't work. It is about understanding that we hold the key to the change we want to see in our love lives, regardless if you're single or in a relationship or recently heartbroken. I have worked with a lot of people who have certain beliefs about men and women and relationships, and I kind of want to dismantle them all. One of them is all men cheat. (laughs) And I've also heard, you know, all women cheat. And the reality is, is that it's not that they all cheat. It's that if you are consistently finding yourself in a relationship with someone who cheats on you, then you're choosing cheaters. It's not that, quote unquote, they are all emotionally unavailable. It's that in some way, you need to uncover how you are struggling to be emotionally available. It's not only that they do not know how to communicate. It's that you struggle with communicating effectively as well. It's not that they always leave. It's that you often leave yourself before they do. It's not that they always complain. It's that maybe you haven't been listening. It's not that there's just no passion left. It's that somehow perhaps the passion has also gone out in you. If every person you've ever been with is needy, 
then perhaps it's you that's having a hard time relating. Maybe you keep withdrawing. And if you are someone who has an affair or has had many affairs, it's not because of the person you're in a relationship with. It has everything to do with you and so on. And just to be clear, if you're not in a relationship, and let's just say you're even happily single or you're looking for someone, this information is so critical because one of the biggest mistakes I see single people make is that they think, oh yeah, I'm great single, it's fine, you know, whatever. And then they get into the relationship and then they, they're panicking to try to learn all the skills. Learn this now. You should be preparing for your next relationship. You should be reflecting on your past relationship and what went wrong. So it, it's really, really important that you understand that like relationship, not in a relationship, recently heartbroken. In fact, if you're heartbroken, this is so important because we tend to blame ourselves or we blame the person that we just broke up from and then it becomes critical thinking becomes very difficult because there's such an emotional charge. But it's so important when you're ready to have this almost meeting with yourself where you can say, okay, what, what have I done or what have I been doing that hasn't been serving me? And it is, it's not easy to say that to ourselves. But what I do know is that if you've had enough relationship pain, whether you're in one or not, we all get to a point where like, we can't do this again. I can't keep repeating the same patterns. But the worst thing you can do, which is what I'm trying to wake people up to, is stop saying it's all them. There's plenty of people in the world who are unhealthy emotionally. There are plenty of toxic people. There's always gonna be those people who are gonna disappoint you. There's always gonna be that person or those people on the dating app that you're like, that was not a good experience. There's always gonna be a time where your partner is not gonna behave well and you're not gonna behave well. I'm not debating that these things exist. What I am saying is that just because they exist doesn't mean it's the status quo. So you have to be able to say to yourself, if this keeps on happening, something I'm doing or not doing is not working. And then the follow-up question is, well, why am I doing this thing that isn't working? And what you will usually find is some sort of deficit in your self-worth, in the way that you feel about yourself, in the way that you relate to yourself, some conditioned beliefs about love and relationships. I mean, I, I, you know, I was working with someone and she actually had a very lovely upbringing in childhood. Sure, there's some stuff that if we were to dig a little deeper that could be impacting her today. But the real problem is that all the people that she's been hanging out with are like in these toxic relationships. 
So she's developed this belief that, well, I can't trust anyone because she's around these people who are in relationships with other people who are betraying their trust. So she's literally getting influenced. She's getting conditioned by her surroundings to believe that she can't trust anyone. But the reality is, is that those friends of hers that are in these toxic relationships, they're not taking responsibility for themselves. They're not seeing how they're toxic too, or they're adding to the quote unquote toxicity or the dysfunction in the relationship, or they keep choosing the wrong people. So never just accept that in yourself or in others. I want to empower you to, to really think more critically and to, to be more, much more of a detective and get curious about why have I been doing these things? Why does this keep happening? And don't live with the answer that is, oh, you know, something's wrong with me or something's wrong with them. It's just not that easy. There's always another reason. And so if you are someone, for example, who keeps finding yourself in relationships with people who hurt you in some way emotionally, let's say, or they betray you in some way, then you just have to say to yourself, how is my picker off? <laughs> what red flags have I not been... Not what warning signs have I not been paying attention to? Where have I been in denial? Where have I been ignoring my own needs? Why am I attracted to these kind of people? Ding, 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 ding. And that's going to take you through a whole little odyssey into your childhood and to your conditioning and the people that you surround yourself with. And I'm trying to say, dare to go there. Be brave and really go there. Don't brush it to the side. Don't tell yourself it doesn't matter. The truth is we cannot and will not take our love lives to the next level, whether we are partnered or singled if we do not face the sabotar that lives inside of us, the one who does the sabotaging unconsciously of our romantic relationships. And it doesn't mean that it's all your fault, never meant that it was all my fault, because it's not. However, it does mean that believing it is always the other person only takes your power away, makes you a victim, and then guess what? Nothing will ever change. You'll just keep repeating the same pattern. Also, what I have seen sabotage relationships more than literally anything else is stress. Not the stress itself, but our habitual reactions to stress. And it's the habitual reactions that we have to stress that are the biggest and tragically overlooked contributors to relationship problems because our stress impacts how we communicate or don't communicate. It impacts our libido. When we are consistently or chronically stressed, it dysregulates our nervous systems. 
which impacts our reactivity. So we might get short or snappy. We might cause fights. We might withdraw. It impacts our motivation to contribute to our partner and to our relationship. And most of all, our chronic stressful thoughts will distort your perception of your life, just like it will distort my perception of my life, which includes your partner. And if you're not in a relationship, you can reflect on a past relationship or you can use this information to prepare for your next relationship because I have known people. This is really important. I have known many people and I have worked with countless people who have questioned their really good relationships with their very well-matched partners when they're under extreme stress because states of profound stress make us feel completely divorced from ourselves, from our bodies, from our hearts, from our centers, our sense of, of groundedness. It is when we overthink It's when we ruminate and obsess. We start to believe our stressful thoughts, thoughts that put ourselves down and thoughts that can quickly turn into judgments of the other person. And this is when we start to sabotage because we start to see that we think something's wrong with them when really it's something going wrong with us. In fact, it is how we react to the demands of our lives consistently that will determine our emotional availability. So in other words, when we're really stressed and we're not dealing with that stress, in short, we become emotionally unavailable. And we think, you know, I, I get people tell me all the time, oh yeah, you know, everything will be fine once, you know, life is calms down a little bit, we'll figure it out. Like, you know, I'm sure that once we, once this thing is not happening or that thing is not happening, then we'll get along. And it's not true. It's not that when life becomes less stressful, once there are less demands that your relationship will improve. This is a completely deluded thought. The truth is, Once we change how we react to the demands of our lives, our relationship will change. Because when we change how we react to the demands of our lives, how we then start to relate to ourselves changes. And when we start to relate to ourselves differently, we then relate to the other differently. And I want to be very clear about something. You don't have to become a Buddha. You will have stress and you will have a lot of stress and we all have trauma. But the key to understanding yourself is understanding what happens to you when you are under a lot of stress. And might I just add, one of the keys to truly understanding the person you're in a relationship with is understanding what happens to them when they're under stress. What happens... And stress being basically when life becomes very uncertain, when you feel really uncertain, when you feel out of control, when you feel like you're not good enough, when you think everything is falling apart. And it doesn't have to be this huge tidal wave of of an event. It could be a stacking of little things that start to happen. And when we don't pay attention, like I said, we get completely dysregulated We become very, very 
insulated. In other words, isolated and insulated. It becomes all about us. It becomes all about our problems. And then over time, what happens is that our problems become bigger than our relationship. They become bigger than our capacity or ability to contribute to the relationship. When we are under a stacking of a lot of stressors, we then go into survival mode. And when we're in this mode, we're not thinking about, oh, are there needs being met? We're not thinking about, am I being a good partner? All We become obsessed with, are my needs getting met? Are they being a good partner? So it becomes really problematic. So you can ask yourself, what happens to you when you are dealing with a lot of stress? Do you stop having sex? Do you want a lot of sex, but you're not connected? You know, how does it affect your mind and your body and your behavior? Do you want to connect or do you want to disconnect? Do you snap? Do you shut down? Do you become really needy and controlling? Do you stop doing fun things? Because here's what I know with absolute certainty to be true. In a relationship, when we become chronically stressed or we are maladapted to the stress in our lives and we are not doing anything to address our emotional and mental health during this time, like I said, we become obsessed with our needs. We focus on everything that's wrong with them, everything that's just wrong with ourselves. We're just basically focusing on everything that's wrong because stress is a state of fear and fear can make us very individualistic and selfish. Like I said, it's all about survival. And when we're in that mode, we're no longer in the mode of relationship, of relating. And this is really, I, I, I can't, you know, pun intended, I can't stress it enough how much this is really the thing to understand about ourselves. There's obviously other things to understand about ourselves of why we would keep, you know, dating the wrong person or why we keep dating cheaters or why we keep repeating certain patterns. But exploring it more deeply when we think about how we sabotage our relationships, we can't have that conversation without understanding our own psychologies. You can't even begin to scratch the surface of understanding your psychology or understanding your partner's psychology if you don't understand what your relationship is to stress. In other words, you can't understand until you understand your relationship to uncertainty and to fear. And, and, and if you are reacting to something in the past, and this could be trauma-related or not trauma-related at all, is that what is happening habitually that is making it impossible for you to feel connected to yourself, so therefore no way can you be connected to your partner? And what are the little habits that you have as a result of that? How are you seeing you know, more of the negative rather than what's right? How are you feeling closed off from your partner? How, you know, this is, it's a lot of stress that can lead to resistance, resisting the part, resisting your partner, or then starting to feel totally resentful. So this is a big deal. And 
if you're not in a relationship, it is a big deal too, because the reality is, is that the conversation of how do I react to the stressors in my life is a question and an exploration that's absolutely mandatory if we want to have more peace just in general in our lives. So it always boils down to the relationship you have with yourself. So here's what you can start to do literally today to make pretty significant changes to your love life, regardless of relationship status. So the first thing you have to do is to get accountable. No relationship can thrive or even survive if you're not accountable. You can't even take your relationship to the next level if you're not accountable. This whole episode, really the essence of it is accountability. It's being able to look in the mirror and say, okay, all of these, all of my relationships have had one thing in common, me. How then can I feel empowered to make changes? What changes do I need to make to the beliefs I have, to the patterns I have, to the behaviors that I have? Because sometimes when we look at our love life, again, whether we're in a relationship or not, and we're thinking, hmm, something is really not right. Like when things get really bad and you get scared and you're like, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life, or I'm always going to be unhappy in my relationships, or I'm never going to have a healthy relationship. That those really dark thoughts that so many of us have had, when you get into that state, it is so important to then do the necessary self-examination to figure out What's been going on inside of you? What have you been taught? What have you been conditioned to believe? Because none of us were taught how to be in a good relationship. I mean, we may have had parents that modeled it for us, but that's kind of rare. We're all imperfect. We're all deeply flawed. So we're all trying to do the best that we can. But the first step is always to be accountable. How have I contributed to the dysfunction of the relationships that I have experienced? What do I need to do to change? And again, it's not about blame. It just doesn't, at first it can be a, a rather, you know, hard thing to hear, a tough pill to swallow, a moment where it's, it can feel really, really harsh. But I promise you, it beats the alternative. The alternative is I'm hopeless, I'm helpless, nothing will ever change, I'm stuck like this, I'm a mess up, I can never do anything better, I can never do anything good, and it's just like this vortex of victimhood and negativity that will just keep you stuck. And I'm here to tell you, you're not stuck. You're not stuck. And even if you feel stuck, there's a way out. And the way out, number one, is to get accountable. If you're single, examine how you pick partners, who are you attracted to and why? If you're in a relationship and you're going through a rough patch, here's your homework. Sit down with your significant other and apologize from your heart. Take ownership, regardless of whether or not they do or not. Because how they behave should not be reflective or should not dictate rather how you behave. You step up. 
So sit down and apologize and take ownership. Second thing to do is understand that pretty much all relationship problems stem from two things, fear and lack of skill. If we don't address our childhoods, our adult relationships will. It's just as simple as that. So if you are struggling, figure out where you learned your behavior and learn new ways of relating. Because here's the thing about fear. The fear of not being enough plagues us all. Yes, in varying de- various degrees. You know, some people have higher self-esteem than others, and some people really struggle with their self-worth, whereas others not, not as much. But if you're in a relationship and you love someone, there's always going to be moments where you are afraid that the person that you love might not love you in the same way that you love them or that they might leave you. So it is on, it's incumbent upon all of us to figure out how deep the fear of not being enough runs inside of us. Do we love ourselves? Do you love yourself? Do you feel worthy? How has how you feel about yourself impacted romantic relationships up until now? This is when therapy or working with a coach can be a game changer, or you can join that support group if you need to join that support group or read those books. If you suspect that trauma is holding you back from having a fulfilling relationship, working with a professional who specializes in trauma recovery, I recommend that. I also can link some books in the show notes so that you guys can get started on some things to read to kind of help you take responsibility and to help you deal with um, your fear and how to start relating better. And then the next thing you can start doing starting today is learn how to communicate. Invest in your communication education. Listen to my show. Share it with people who you think could use it. Read all the books on it. Go to couples counseling. Practice being more vulnerable and open. The next thing to do is, specifically if you're single, choose more wisely. What are your patterns? Because a lot of people, if you keep choosing unavailable partners, cheating partners, partners where the two of you get into this pattern where it's like super hot and heavy in the beginning and then it crashes and burns. Like you got to figure out what your patterns are and then you'll have to go through a process where you recondition yourself to be attracted to better people. Is it a process? Yes. Will it involve perhaps a coach or reading that book or therapy? It possibly could, but you can recondition yourself. You just have to want to. And then lastly, get out of your head. Get out of your head as much as possible because I have a saying that I've said often, stay in your head and your relationship is dead. Learn to manage your stress. So the things that I do and have prescribed to all my clients, because stress is a very real thing, and I think that managing stress is not something that many people in our culture do very well. 
So certain things that are game changers are learn to meditate. And you can download an app. There's tons of stuff on YouTube. Learn how to meditate. I suggest in the beginning, maybe do a guided meditation. You just find a guided meditation with a voice that you resonate with that calms you down. And you sit for at least 20 minutes a day, preferably first thing in the morning. If you are really, really dysregulated, and you're really like your system is overstimulated and you feel like you can't sit down and relax, move your body first. And here's the thing, you need to be moving your body every day. Now, moving your body could be a long walk, it could be dancing, it could be yoga, it could be lifting weights. You have to find the thing that 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 matches your athletic capacity but also the thing that makes you feel free. But you gotta move your body every single day. And if you are really struggling with meditation, meditation's a struggle anyway. It's not like you sit down and everything's rainbows and roses. It's like, it's gonna take some time for you to actually get um, to a space where you're not freaking out every time you sit down to meditate. But it's a very real thing if your body is overstimulated and you've been dealing with a lot of stress for a long time or maybe unresolved trauma and your whole system is going nuts, move your body first before you sit. It's a game changer. Another game changer, journal. Full disclosure, I've never been a diary girl. I never grew up writing in journals. I was, it was just never my thing. So getting myself to actually journal felt really... Uh, unnatural in the beginning. But here's the thing about journaling. It's just, it's a brain dump. It's about getting everything out of your head and onto the page, which to me is one of the most powerful things you can do. There's a wonderful book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, where um, there's a lot to the book, but basically she goes into this uh, concept of morning pages where you wake up and it's really within 30 minutes of waking. It's like you go to the bathroom, you get your glass of water, maybe your coffee, and then you start writing. Or you can just wake up and start writing. And you just write. And you're not going to read what you wrote. There can be tons of misspellings. It doesn't have to be coherent. But you're getting everything out. Because what stands in the way between you and your creativity, you and your emotional availability, you and your joy and your happiness are all these congested thoughts inside your head about you, about life, about your partner, about men, about women, about love. You got to get it out. It is a game changer. In fact, sometimes when, I, when I'm really in the habit of journaling, I don't even have to, you know, meditate. But you could do, I mean, you could do all three in a day, and that is huge. The point I'm trying to make is taking control back into your life when you feel very out of control is the key. And you want to be able to do that by doing certain things that are going to tend to your mental and emotional health. And the reality is, is that when we're in a relationship, we've got to do that because we can't just make our partner responsible for making us feel better, even though consciously we're like, yeah, we're not doing that. But we do do that on an unconscious level all the time. And that is how we sabotage relationships a thousand percent. So it's time to, to do all that. 
And you might find that you need a therapist or you need a coach. Hire, if you can, hire that person and start working with someone. It's just, it's that important. So these are the things that you can start doing today. And I really want to motivate you and inspire you to start doing them today because I'm here to tell you it works. It works. I've seen it work with countless clients. It's worked with me. All I can say is start doing it, do it every day, commit yourself to it, and then you'll see. It's it's that good. So just to summarize what we discussed today, this episode was about how we unconsciously sabotage our love lives and relationships and why it is absolutely crucial to take responsibility so we become the master of our love lives. And just to just be very clear, this isn't about being perfect. We are human beings and we are all deeply flawed as well as enormously capable. You're going to mess up. We all mess up. But if you can take ownership of when you do mess up and mess up a little bit less by following some of the steps that I outlined here, that's really just the goal. So if we can stop telling ourselves lies that we're not good enough or that because mom or dad abandoned us, we'll never be in a healthy relationship or that because our ex was dysfunctional or toxic, all of them, quote unquote, all of them are terrible. If we can instead take several deep breaths, roll up our sleeves and be brave and face ourselves and question the thoughts or beliefs we have about ourselves and life and love, that are interfering with our happiness and with our ability to experience great love. With as much help, by the way, as you need, then so much can change for the better. So if you have found this useful, I'm so glad. (laughs) If you know anyone who's struggling right now or could really benefit from this episode, please share it with them because you never know, you could really be saving someone's relationship or saving someone's life in some way by sharing this. Jillian on Love is a Q Code production, executive produced by David Henning and Steve Wilson, produced by Ryan Counthouse, edited and music by Will Tendy. one of the most sought-after executive producers in reality television. I am thrilled to announce Reality with the King, where we'll discuss all things reality TV. I have interviewed everyone from Nene Leakes, Teresa Judai, and Kenya Moore. Each episode, we will rehash shocking portrayals, honey. Yes! Hilarious shade. And all the drama. Reality with the King podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, 
Why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.